0: With hosts Aileen Drexler and Brittany Levine. Get ready to lock yourself in the bathroom or wherever else you hide from your kids because you'll literally never be alone again.
1: Hello and welcome to the Betcha's Moms podcast. I'm Aileen and I'm Brittany. And today, we have a very, very special guest. We are joined by the baby coach, author of the very famous book, one that I have memorized, (laughs) 12 Hours Sleep by 12 Weeks, Susie Giordano. Welcome.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me. such a pleasure to be here.
1: We're very excited to talk to you. Brittany also has your book memorized. (laughs) (laughs) I use it as my Bible for both of my kids, so. Okay, so how did you get started as, as a sleep coach, baby coach? How did all, all this happen?
2: Well, uh, I'm originally from Brazil, and I moved here 30-some um, years ago. And when I came, uh, In Vitro was just starting. So there were a lot of greater multiples. And a friend asked me to help a friend. And of course, once I got their ba- her baby to sleep through the night, she told another friend, I told another friend, I told another friend. And uh, all of a sudden, in Washington, D.C. area, there was this, you know, uh, buzz about this lady from Brazil that could get all triplets, quads, quints sleeping through the night at the same time. So I got my mom to come and help me out. I got my sister to come and help me out. And uh, I want to say... I, six years into it, uh, my sister say, hey, you know, there has to be a science behind this. We came up with a method just by try and error and observing, you know, because you work with babies all night, you're up all night, and you're observing what exactly is happening to them, which is fascinating, became the, the love of my life is, you know, to work with babies.
3: That's so interesting. I, that's completely different from what I would think that how you came up with this. Which is fascinating.
2: <laughs> because first I made a lot of mistakes with my own first three children. My last uh, children were two boys, twin boys. And then there's no joke because now I had a toddler and two older kids. It's like, hey, I need to come up with something. You know, like my dad actually said, you know, you need a plan. You can go by everybody's, you know, people have different opinions. But at the end of the day, you got to do this. So I did it. And then I came to the U.S. when the twins were like almost a year old and uh, it started working. And I was like, well, I'm going to just replicate what I did with my own children, you know, and replicate in different scenarios. I was like, oh, hey, wait, they, they can all do it. Yeah. So what is the science behind it? Like, wh-
1: why does it work?
2: Well, it, it has nothing to do with me. You know, so I had the opportunity to read a lot about sleep. Sleep is is a basic need. Oxygen, sleep, water, and food. You can go longer without drinking and eating than you can go without sleeping. So it's not one of the pillars of uh, health. It's the foundation. There's no health without good sleep. So every baby can do it under any circumstances, every human being sleeps at night, independent of gender, age, you know, anything. Is We all need to reboot. We are a biological machine that reboots every night. So that's why it works. Now, what I've learned by working with so many babies, because they're so new and open to uh, the newness of what we introduce them, that if you start at an early age, you know you can bypass a lot of bad habits and and sleepless nights and big spells of crying so it it's very is a very natural process once the baby stabilizes it naturally falls on the night and day uh cycle of sleep you know so uh it's very basic and it's scientific and it's, it's, it's so basic that's scary, but because it's a, a primary need, once the parent and the baby goes without, then it becomes this insurmountable problem. It's like, oh my gosh, my baby's never going to sleep. Honey, your baby's going to be 18 before it never comes. <laughs> so, but it feels that way because it's so necessary. Right.
3: Could you give us a little bit of an overview of what the 12 by 12 method is?
2: Well, the, as I took care of babies at night, what I noticed is once they reached a certain weight, the circadian rhythm would fall into place. The baby would start sleeping longer at night and be more alert during the day. So we needed more calories during the day. So we needed less calories at night, right? It's like a a car. You don't put gas in a car that's parked in the driveway. You put a gas in a car that's actually active. And that, you know, going on the road is the same thing with babies. So I started writing it down, right? Okay, so when they reach this uh, weight, they naturally start eating more. When they need more, they go longer. When they go longer, they sleep longer. Okay, and so all I did is observe and write down. So the uh, the baby coach method is, uh, and what it has evolved and I address that a lot on my new book, is you're, It's not sleep training. Is is allowing your baby the opportunity to try. Is giving your baby room to grow, to develop their own abilities, just like walking and talking. You can't walk and talk for your baby. So what do you do? You teach them how to do it. You clear the floors, like, come on, stand up. Put one foot in front of the other. How do they do it? Because as a species, they are designed to walk in two legs. They don't walk, walk in four legs. They walk in two legs. So if the, the, the whole uh, process has its timing. And uh, it started with 12 hours, but the, the, the baby coach method has evolved to that place where uh, if you give your baby the opportunity to try, not to cry endlessly, just to try, your baby will naturally devol- develop their own uh, abilities of putting themselves to sleep, stay asleep, and wake up happy.
1: So you said the 12 by 12 method is now kind of different than what you your approach is now. Is it generally still kind of the same with the four steps, with the one you focus on, the four hours? Yeah,
2: what happened with 12 hours, 12 hours specific, 12 hours of sleep by 12 weeks old right so when the baby first comes, that first trimester how to uh, um, naturally fall into place now if you miss that window okay so 12 hours by 12 weeks we focus a lot on how, ba- how much the baby's eating the feeding schedule why because nutrition is very important the number one thing is the baby has to be gaining weight you know, the baby needs to stabilize before you have any expectations of the baby. After 12 weeks, you know, like they call the four months regression. I call the four months progression <laughs> because now they're learning, they're engaging with the environment because they are they have stabilized. So and and that's so it's the baby is the same method where you give the baby the three minutes. You know, you allow the baby, you help the baby you know, get to a point where they emotionally they're in a place where they can learn and you step away. So the basics are the same. But now uh, I have to communicate with parents that have older babies, six months, nine months, you know, 12, 18, two years, three, four, what, you know, does it ever end? No, it never ends. You can develop good sleeping habits at at any age. It's just the kids is easier, although it looks harder.
3: So do you think that it's harder the older the child gets before implementing any type of sleep structure? Like if you have an 18-month-old that you've never implemented any type of sleep structure, is that going to be more difficult?
2: Well, the baby's going to be able to communicate better their frustration, right? You've got into an agreement with them. Okay, I'm going to rock you all night. And all of a sudden, you want to break the agreement like, well, you know, this is not working for me. And every breakup is not uh, easy. But uh, once you know the importance of sleep and with compassion and kindness, you can taste no, oh, honey, now it's time. Mommy's ready and I know you're ready. And that's an important step, you know, is that when it comes to babies, everybody's well-intentioned. But you have to be ready to enforce it. You have to be ready to walk that path with your baby now the sooner you do it the easier it is why because your baby uh the habits are not so you know set it's like the neurological connections are not there so then once you create the habit then it's like okay now i have to break the habit and all that a habit is is like i call it agreements it's like okay now we've done this way now we're changing you know, and, and the thing with sleep is very fluid. It, you know, it's always like you, 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 you're and you have to make peace with that. Oh, my baby's sleeping through the night and all of a sudden now, you know, the, got sick or went on vacation, everything is, is out of whack. I tell parents, it's like the schedule is to set you free, not to make you hostage of it. So if the vacation is there, go to the vacation. The more you expose the baby, the more flexible the baby is going to be. And everything is a lesson. Struggle is there to expand you, to make you better, to make you str- stronger. Don't shy away, you know, because once your baby sleeping 12 hours, you don't want to mess it up. Well, you're not messing it up. You're just teaching them how to do it in different situations. Right. I like that.
1: What I really like about your method versus many different, I guess, training methods is that it's a gentle approach. Like there's very little crying or anything like that involved, and its focuses more on like the eating schedule. But I have a question, and this is a personal question, but just general because I know we've had like listeners write in. Once you've succeeded, your baby sleep eats doesn't eat at all through the night. They've dropped all their feeds but are, is still sort of waking up in the night, not to eat, but just to like wine or whatever. And you haven't implemented any bad habits. I don't rock <laughs> her. Yeah. She goes to sleep awake, you know, all of, the, mm-hmm. all of the things. There's no picking up. How do you decide like w- when to go in or not to go in? How, how do you, because I'm still not sleeping all the whole night <laughs> because of that.
2: Your baby has her own, hap- own timing or his own timing, you know, like things are going to happen on his own timing, not yours. So what do, does a parent do? A parent makes sure that your baby's healthy, your baby's safe in the crib, your baby is in an environment conducive to sleep, your baby in an emotional place where they can learn. So does your baby need you? Is she crying because, oh my gosh, somebody needs to help me? Or is she just like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, but she's not sleep, Susie. Well, you gotta give her time. You know, like she, this is gonna happen on her own timing. Now, the way that this works is practice. We learn through practice. Repeat, 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 repeat until we learn. So every time, every night, that's what you have to tell yourself because this is very emotional, right? Because. Before you're a parent, you're a human being. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. This kid needs to go to sleep. I'm exhausted. And she doesn't go back to sleep. So that's your, your sleep needs talking. You know, I tell babies, you should ask for the car key. They'll give you at 16 weeks. Probably not at 16 years old, but they will give it to you at 16 weeks. So it's, 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 uh, it's that has like you have to hold it back. You have to give it room to grow. Practice at night. Practice in the morning nap, practice in the afternoon nap. Every time you practice good and sleeping habits, it's, you know, all work towards the same goal, which is the baby develop their own uh, independent abilities. So if she's not emotional, you know, say, hey, let's say after Susie but is like a baby between like being hysterical and being like not asleep. As a parent, you can always go in. Let me check. Is she one P away from leaking and, you know, once you check, everything is good. Hey, sorry, honey. You gotta, you gotta keep trying. And, and that's back and forth. So what I tell parents is go to the edge where you're like, uh, this is uh, my poor baby. One, two, three, go in. Right. push yourself beyond the discomfort because growth is, you have to cross the threshold, the squeeze of learning. It's not pleasant, but necessary.
1: Right. She's not crying. Like she's just kind of like whining a little bit. And I just, am um, stressed out. I'm like, is she okay? But she's fine. I just can't, I can't and
2: usually. And I always tell parents when it comes to your baby, not Susie, not anybody knows your baby better than you do. You're there on the ground, you know, all the time, so trust that. But that little voice that say, "Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be, you know, rocking this baby." You know, I, I, like just like what you said. I, I know she's okay, but still, she's not going back to sleep. So you know, lower the lower the monitor a little bit so you can get some sleep. You know, shush yourself. You know, one of the things that I've learned that I think parents need to explore more is. The, the the most sophisticated way of communication between uh, that exists is emotional communication okay we can even communicate through species we can communicate uh, you know like you can see a kid suffering in war and you're like oh that hurts you you know that you hurt for that kid you see a, a, a flower blooming in the sun and you smile on the flower that's communicate with your baby on emotional level so when you go in it like calm yourself shoosh yourself talk to the baby it's okay honey i know it's so hard because as you you talk to them you're calming yourself down and when you calm yourself down that's the energy you it went in not like oh, now what what's wrong or oh, my poor baby you know like oh it's like no what is the emotion you want them to get it's like Hey, what's going on? I, I have long conversations with baby. I know it's so hard, but it's two o'clock. I understand that. I heard that too. <laughs> People say, oh, you have the magic touch. It's like, no, I, I just know what the parent needs and what the baby needs emotionally m- me to be in control, which it takes practice.
0: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry?
3: So you have a new book out. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, the Room to Grow, yes, The Baby Coach yes, Method. The
2: Room to Grow. Yes, because, uh, you know, I still work with babies because I never want to forget what I ask of parents, which is to let your baby cry for three minutes. It's the longest three minutes there ever was. You know, like it, it goes into the core of who we are. We, as women, we were designed to tend for a crying baby. So to hold back. And wait for a second, you know, wait for a minute. Allow your baby the chance to try to find, to figure out on, on his, on her own. And um, so a lot of people come to que- questions with me because it's like, okay, my baby's sleeping through the night, but now it's, you know, 16 weeks and now all of a sudden they're waking up or nine months or we went somewhere and, you know, now my baby's waking up. Sleep is fluid. You know, it, life happens, you know, you go on vacation, go enjoy, hey, I, I stay later, you know, I didn't put the baby to sleep at seven o'clock, good for you. So that's what room to grow is. Room to grow is four easy steps for older babies, babies that already know how to communicate. The the five-year-old is like, well, I don't want it. Like, I know, honey, you don't want it. But so how do I do it? How do I communicate at three minutes with a kid that now has a vocabulary? you know that 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 knows me that knows my limit knows how far they have to because you're you're dealing with a magnificent piece of biological machine in its optimal performance so they belong on wall street you know, making deals because they can run a bargain. You know, they, 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 they can do it. And uh so I, I always tell people, I'm afraid of babies. So they know you. You know, like the, the, the knowledge is is mutual, and they love you as much as you love them. They, and that's what sometimes gets missed in the message. Nobody's more disappointed at a baby that doesn't sleep, especially a two year old or three, than themselves. You know, because they want to do. What the parents want them to do but yeah this you know like the this impulse irresistible impulse to run out of my bed and go after my parents so they feel like they fail so it it, and and that's what room to grow is about is the baby coach method that you apply to kids all the way to elementary school I'm excited to read that.
1: <laughs> so I know there's a lot of different methods out there, different types of training, some less gentle than others. And then there's also the the non-method, like some people who believe that training, you shouldn't adjust a baby's sleeping at all. Like you're just, they, they'll naturally fall, like figure it out. How do you like speak to that?
2: Yes. Well, what I learned in my experience, you know, Uh, uh, is that when it comes to baby, everybody's well-intentioned. Some things work for some people and some things don't work for some people. You know, like uh, if you're a parent of one baby, I'm going to sleep with my baby, which is not safe. But hey, it's your call. It's your baby. So I think what we need to do is most of it support what each other's choices are. And then choose what's best for us. I have found, and that's why I have room to grow, that uh, at some point because sleep is a primary need for the parents too. Uh, it that inability to self-soothe is going to still on every day behavior and then they're not going to want to eat and then they're not going to don't want to cooperate. So it's like as you're traveling that path of like okay, you are the captain of the ship and you is entrusted to guide and teach your child, prepare them for society. What you don't teach your child, life will life is not as kind so no the world does not turn around you sweetheart you know like like no we you have to wait for your turn you have to learn how to cooperate you have you know we don't get only yes we get a lot of no's and in and, in that's how you I believe our method in a gentle way puts the parent in the captain's chair where it's like okay it's my job to number one listen You know, listen to, he is a a human, a little human in its own glory and uh, not to be dismissed, but they're not, it's too much responsibility and they're not yet prepared. I tell parents, which is something that sometimes makes me sad, the journey of the baby is to break free. The, the journey of the parents is to let go. So you, let, you slowly let go, you know, from the crib to the room, the room to the house, the house to the world. And, uh, and it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it's tough because we want to protect them. We want them to be happy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But we know the reality that's like, no, you can't stay up until midnight. It's not healthy for you. But I want it. I understand, sweetheart, but you need to go to bed. And, and they're exhausted, but they don't know how to recognize that they are tired. And so everything when it comes to children, and that's why I I, uh, I don't judge anybody. It's like it, it's, it comes from a good place in their heart, you know. And at some point, what I have found is like good habits, uh, uh, like good sleeping habits are fundamental for good health. And uh, and sleep dependency it's not a good habit why because you depend on somebody outside of yourself to find a happy place you know when you go to bed and it's like oh yeah you know you go to that spot that is like only you know where that spot is it's like oh yeah i'm asleep <laughs> that's where you're teaching your baby it's like find your spot find your happy place yeah i can't find it for you you and you, and it's you can't you be can, that spot for them either no, right. because what, what if you one day, because you're not, you know, you can't be all the time at all places forever. Then it's like, OK, I'm the center. You told me I'm the center of your world, but honey, but I have a meeting or your sister <laughs> needs me or, you know, I need yeah. to go to the bathroom. No, sweetheart. Yeah, nobody outside of yourself should be the the should have your treasure. Your treasure is within you. You know, so I know it's it's very, uh, rewarding. It's like, Oh, my baby needs me so much. Yeah. But what if one day you're not around?
3: So like a lot of parents opt to start with their child sleeping in a bassinet in their room, and they might not start with them sleeping in a crib. At what age do you think it's appropriate to move the child into the crib, into their own room?
0: Well, uh,
2: ideally now you know like it's, this is an, again a personal um choice but anywhere between uh, you know six months to a year old whatever the parent is comfortable because different pediatricians have different opinions about no the baby should be in the crib you know there are all these monitors they monitor the baby no the baby needs to be in your room so whatever you you decide to go you should do it the only thing you need to remember is: What do you need to sleep? I need dark. So if the TV is in your room, get, if you're going to have your baby in your room. Guess what? The TV is going to have to be off. Mm-hmm. The light's going to have to be off. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to have that extra layer of uh, caution that you know uh, not to wake them up. Right. But they learn. They learn right. how to to, the, to manage all those uh, right. noises and things that are around the uh, yeah. created by other people. Part of the method is to, like you're saying,
3: to put baby in a dark room with a sound machine. But do you think it can be successful without those things?
2: Yes absolutely those are just like to facilitate our lives because it's like you know when you go to a spa and they have the water running and to get yeah. you in the mood it's like oh yeah i'm gonna do that for you baby look <laughs> but eventually and that's what i tell parents that you want to make it as easy as possible for them to learn once they learn it's it's overstaying your welcome then take away the noise machine so they learn how to do it without it you know And that's the thing, these are moving parts and you're always a step ahead because you want to be like, okay, I want to challenge my kid, you know, because the more you challenge them, the more you see the magnificence of them because they, they show more and more like, yeah, now I'm going to take my baby and my baby's going to sleep on the floor while I'm having a glass (laughs) of wine with my friend and the baby sleeps on the floor and they're like, oh my gosh, you're magic. No, you're brave.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What um so in terms of like mo- the transition from the crib so whenever you decide is right for you or after six months whatever what's the best kind of method I it's obviously you're you're changing that baby's environment significantly yes. that they were been sleeping in so what and let's say you do the same thing you have the same sound machine you have the same um, darkness but what are other ways that you can ensure that that transition is smooth
2: yeah well the the baby, very basic, the room is dark, the room is cool, the room is soothing, it's calming, right, and then you're teaching something new to your baby, so you expect a little, like, hey, this is new, but what do you do, it's like, okay, we're learning something new today, you and uh, me, you know, so I'm going to put you there, walk away, three minutes, wait, does he need me, does she need me, maybe a little bit, it's all right, you know, like, talk to them, bring them from the emotional place where they're not learning, they're upset, you know, okay, pick them up if you have to, like, oh, honey, we're gonna be okay. When the baby's calm, let's try again, put it down, walk away, okay, until the baby falls asleep. But what if the baby doesn't fall asleep? The baby will. It's tired, it's, you know, clean, just ate. It's not, Nature's on your side, powerful ally. It's like, oh, baby, I'm going to make it impossible for you not to fall asleep. <laughs> and because he already has done it, there is that thing of uh, the habit. You know, mm-hmm. try to go into a room that's nice and cold, you're exhausted, try to stay awake. <laughs> uh, not a baby, because a baby doesn't have worries or, you know, bad right. who comes is like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll sleep. <laughs>
3: So we're gonna move on to some listener questions. We okay. received a bunch, but uh, we sort of compiled them into um, some of the most popular questions that we received. So okay. first one is, what's the deal with dream feeds? How do you feel about that?
2: Um, the, uh, the dream feed is a uh, uh, is a feed that you create to 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 accommodate your schedule. You know, let's say. Uh, I'm not against it you know ideally if you don't have to do it I like to always listen to the baby if the baby is like sleeping waking them up to have a feed trying to avoid a feeding later on in life and in the night I think is disrupting the natural process and nobody knows better how to get the process fast in nature so you interrupting a natural tendency and But I think it's valid, for example, it's like, no, Susie, so I want the baby to eat at that point and then sleep because I need my sleep because I have a meeting at 7 a.m. Okay. You know, I believe if you let the baby go and then one day the baby wakes up at 1 and then at 3, chances are you're going to uh, train that baby within a week. With a dream feed, it might take two to three weeks, you know a little longer but you have your reasons so do what works for you do you have a
1: trick for calming a fussy baby
2: calming a baby is not my job it's the baby's job my 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 job is just to reassure and love the baby until they get it together okay so it depends on the level of the emotional like right? like when you are hysterical even if you're an adult so you hold them tight it's like it's okay shh, shh, shh. it's all right human contact has a, it's a powerful shushing is powerful why because it reminds of the circulation of the blood of the mom in the womb so shh, that's how the blood goes shh. so it's and hearing is the first sense that we develop right and uh, so, you want to calm a baby, turn on a, a faucet. Shh, the water's like, oh, for nine months, they were in a bubble full of water. So, water has a tremendous impact on us. So, movement, go around paddings. Now, usually, the younger the baby is, okay, the, the, uh, it might be related with something physical. The older it is, it's more about emotional. Let's say a nine-month-old, Susie, I'm trying to break this habit, so the baby's like, Oh my God, you know, like, you, you're breaking your contract. You said you were going to hold me all night, and now you change your mind. Ah. So they're very hysterical. And then you go in, you make things worse. It's like, Oh my gosh, they're, you know, their head's going to explode. They're so upset. So go in, shh, shh, shh. pat, 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 I love you so much. You know, dry the tears. After three minutes, they're still losing their mind. I'm sorry I couldn't be of help. I'm gonna put you down so you can try again. Okay? I'll be right back. Go out, get your emotional emotions in control. Go out of the room. <sighs> you know, the oxygen mask first on yourself and then you can help everybody else. So it's like okay, I'm gonna reset myself so I can come and be more of help. So it's not so you're putting them in a, a safe place they're still crying they're out of their mind so upset go outside calm yourself until you feel your your muscles kind of breathe in 10 times breathe out 10 times three times go in and say, okay now I can help you better shh, shh. what you thought you, you just thought that baby number one self-care all like um uh unintended lessons that you repeat throughout life that they learn, okay? Self-care, number one. Number two, Wow, well, she's not giving up on my crying. This is not working. And they're smart. If it's not working, they're going to change their tactics, you know? So, or they're going to give up, oh, I'm tired. And, you know, by the time they have the, the ability to do that, they're old enough to give them a lovey, you know, like, oh, honey, it's going to be all right. Walk away. Repeat back and forth. Back, I'm here for you but I'm not going to do what you want me to do because th- that will get in the way of you learning yourself. So you cannot, cannot walk for them, but you can walk with them, which sometimes is harder, you know, to go get, get back in that room. It's like, I don't want to go back, but you got to go back, honey. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's like the it toughest is. thing you've ever done. Yes. It is.
3: So what are your opinions on wake windows? And how long should
0: they be?
2: Well, it depends on the age. The, the the usually when they're very young, an hour, hour and a half. And as they get older, they're able to uh, manage uh, big longer periods of awake time. So it's being in tune with your baby. Every mother knows, like when the baby is like, oh, the eyes—they're always like, you know, they change their whole demeanor. You know, like the rushes. So you know, oh, the baby's tired. And if you notice that and you look at the clock, oh, you ask anyone, oh, usually around one and a half hours, two hours, they're pretty tired. Put them in the crib. Turn on that water. Make it impossible for them to give in, you know, like so to, to give, to, to fight and uh, walk away. Okay, I'm going to allow you to, to try. Give them the opportunity to try. That's the magic.
3: But I have a follow-up question to that. So... Sure, if you're currently like fully submerged into sleep coaching and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're the baby is now two and a half months old, you're really trying to get them to, or three months old, I should say, and tra- really trying to get them to, um, get accustomed to what you know, sleeping and eating a, a specific amount of ounces during the day, and you're following this strict regimen. It's kind of hard to be so fluid with the timing of everything where if a ba- if you see your baby after an hour is so tired and they need to go to sleep but you're kind of like well I but the baby needs to stay up for 2 hours because then the baby needs to eat 6 ounces in order to stay on schedule. So how do you kind of catch up with all that?
2: No. Don't drive yourself nuts. Baby step. You know, I always tell parents like, oh, Susie, I need to put my baby in a four hour schedule. Well, honey, 10 minutes at a time. You know, don't, the idea is like um, I want to make a, the baby a little hungrier so they can eat a little more so they can go a little longer. OK, Right. if this time around, because the baby was active it, within an hour and you're only going to feed the baby in an hour, it's like let the baby take a 30 minute nap. You know, just to keep the edge off. What that's going to do is actually going to work in your way because then the baby is not going to fall asleep in the bottle. You know, right. it's all about compromise. It this it cannot be too rigid. And that's like, like uh, uh, the book. Yes. 12 hours by 12 weeks. We wrote it. You know, it's, it was specially designed for multiples. So it's like, you know what I wanted with that book is like the the. The mechanic in the small town that tells the, the person say you know you get that uh that uh, screw and goes until it clicks your car is fixed you know it's a book that's straight to the point okay without any nuances but but at the same time and maybe that i i failed to say that is like Adjust everything I'm telling you to your baby. Nobody knows your baby better than you. And this is not going to happen overnight. This is a long-term gig. So uh, tomorrow you get to do it all over again. It's not all over today. But oh my God, I failed. No, honey, tomorrow. Guess what? You're gonna do it again and again and again. Yeah. So with like, be be compassionate with yourself. Hey, this in the morning didn't work, but the afternoon worked. Hey, I did good.
1: Yeah. I think that like you said, little at a time and just patience goes a long way. Like you can't have it all. I, I sometimes find, I found that when I was trying to figure it all out, when I was forcing something to happen, it often backfired when instead I like really just paid attention and learned my baby's like cues, like a certain type of whining is means she's tired. Oh, okay. It's not time for her, but whatever. She's tired. Maybe she went like and played with one too many pictures (laughs) so she's tired. so put her to nap and then when that started happening that developed really good patterns so it's it's not it's the external forcing does not help it's the listening and the intuition and sort of yes and 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 helping them along
2: yeah the schedule and the 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 um, the timings in between naps and, and feedings, the awake uh, uh, time in between, they're all goals. Right. Ultimately, we're going to get there. But you're not going to get there overnight, you know, like, so, you know, in one or two days. It doesn't work like that. So you, the more you listen to your baby's cues and then the more you listen to yourself and what you are capable to, you know, to, to do it day in and day out. The in, it's the consistency that's the key. You know, like you're always pushing a little, a little, a little, until you get to the three-hour schedule. Yay. Okay, I'm a pushy brat, so I want four-hour schedule. So it's 10 minutes at a time. Okay, four hours. Yay. You know, but uh, uh, there's always, I tell parents, parenting is not black, it's not white, it's gray. It's not the baby's way, it's not your way. It's the middle of the way. Like, okay, let's compromise. Right. You know, because they're not going to go quiet. They're not going to do what you want them to do. It's like, hey, I'm my own person. You can't tell me what to do, honey. Yeah, it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> so it's, so it's that, you know, that, that uh, uh, being in awe of this little human, you know. But remember, you're raising an adult, you know. So, so that is where the work comes in. It's like, well, what kind of adult I want? My daughter to be, or my son to be, and then you teach them lessons. But it's but it's a long gig. It's a demanding gig. Being a parent, you know, like emotionally, physically, intellectually, is repeat, 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 nine hundred and seven thousand times before they say, "Okay, I learned," <laughs> you know. And just like that, and then and now I want to learn this. <laughs> so it's always like repeat, Don't buy Don't bite. Don't bite. Don't bite. Don't bite. Say, yes, say, please. You know, like it. It's. It's tough. So that's why we have to be kind with each other and we have to, like, hey, go easy on each other. Do what works for you. But, you know, hey, this works. You should get it.
1: (laughs) Room to grow out now. (laughs) Room to grow.
3: (laughs) Okay. So we're going to move on to another segment Mm. of our podcast. This one is called Go Ask Your Mom, and we have a listener-submitted question, and she is asking about fixing her baby's sleep schedule. I'm sure you've probably heard this scenario thousands of times. Mm -hmm. Dear Aileen, Brittany, and Susie, what are some tips for a consistent sleep schedule? My son's sleep is so sporadic. One week he's sleeping in until 6.30 to 7 a.m. without waking up. The next he's crying one to two times in the night with a 4.30 a.m. wake up. We stick to a very regular nap and nighttime schedule. During the day, he typically sleeps from an hour and a half to two hours in the morning and one hour in the evening. Bedtime is 7.45 p.m. We noticed that his night waking started when he got sick with a cold a month or two back and hasn't been on a regular schedule since. We rock him or give him a bottle if he's fussy in the middle of the night. But if he's up anytime time after 4.30 a.m., he will not go back to sleep. I can't figure out why his sleep varies so much week to week. Tired and also sleepy bitch. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, uh, once you feed the baby in the middle of the night, you just broke the pattern of behavior. So now they, he doesn't know, should I eat in the middle of the night or shouldn't I eat in the middle of the night? And whatever calories he gets at night, he won't get during the day. Okay. Because like adults, baby will need a certain uh, amount of calories, whether whether it's coming at 2 p.m. or 2 a.m., they don't care. Okay. Now, so the first thing you have to do is like, okay, feeding is off the table. It's like us, you know, you're not used to wake up in the the middle of the night and, you know, have a sandwich. But if you start doing it, then now it becomes a problem because now, you know, you're eating in the middle of the night. And the one thing that takes the most Uh, expenditure of calories is digestion and the body should not be digesting food in the middle of the night the body after 12 weeks the body should be in that dormant stage working on the cellular level okay the body needs to be so so okay so so how do you do it you go back to the basics three minutes you know, three-minute rule. Now, if you gave a big bottle, it's like, oh, now he's, oh, so so let's go half a sandwich, a quarter of a sandwich, and then no sandwich. So uh, with babies, I don't say just take it away. No, it's slowly, you know, cut back in, and then you hire Susie. Susie goes there, okay, so what is this? So you don't have an answer. So what usually I tell parents, like, Go get some data. Go into the nursery after the baby's asleep. Sit there for 10 minutes and look around. Am I missing something? Is there a clock there that is, you know, glaring at the baby? And then, you know, artificial light disrupts the sleep cycle. You know, if the baby looks at a clock where you and I would turn away, the baby's going to focus. The baby focus. Hormones are released into the brain. I'm awake. I want to party. And nobody knows why. So scan the room. See, if, what am I missing about this baby? Now, is it common? Extremely common. Why? Because 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., now your baby has slept for 7, 8 hours. So it's somewhat rested. So having the ability to go back to sleep or snooze until time to wake up, it's the next level. It's the marathon, not the 5K. From 7 to 2 a.m. is the 5K. Now to do the from 2 to 6, now it's a marathon. It's a different thing, right? So you you need to practice. So where you get that practice? During the naps. Okay, so chances are if your baby is waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning and does not manage to go back to sleep, chances are the naps are irregular too. So what do you do? Oh, my baby needs more nap practice. Okay, learn how to self-soothe one hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon. Once he's able to sleep for an hour hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, two hours. Once you have that, okay, we're practicing self-soothing at 4 a.m., at 9 a.m., and at 2 p.m. Guess what? 4 a.m. is going to be the first place you're going to see improvement because now I learn how to Put myself back to sleep when I'm not extremely exhausted. It's easy to fall asleep when you're extremely exhausted. But when you're like, okay, um, I think I'm ready to wake up. I don't know, maybe. No, honey, it's 3 a.m. You're not ready to, I'm not ready for you to wake up, so you need to go back to sleep. And then if you reinforce that, then, you know, he's going to learn. Why? Because extended, in in any parent, it doesn't have to be an expert or, you know, researcher to, to know it's like... You get that baby at 3 a.m. You're gonna to go to the room within 15, 20 minutes. You go, <laughs> I don't really want to be awake. No, he just needs practice into be, becoming, you know, more. There's three skills on sleep training: learning how to go to sleep, to stay asleep, and wake up happy. So the the ultimate one, the one that's gonna give you the happy baby, the calm baby, the baby that they enjoy their own company is the 5 a.m. practice. So it's a lovely practice because it's going to give you the nicest, coolest baby <laughs> But it, So just think of it, okay, my. make sure you're not missing anything and then my baby needs more practice. But again, don't be like, no, I need to practice, you know, 5 a.m., 9 a.m. or what. No, give yourself a mental break. It's like, okay, if I hear this kid crying all day and all night i'm gonna go nuts so do the morning and maybe the morning nap or the morning and the afternoon nap. you know ask for help hey can you help enforce the nap while i go for a walk and have a Starbucks? take care of your own mental health because only when you're in your zone of nice and calm can you help your baby you know really really help your baby right
3: Well, that's some really helpful information. So thank you for answering that. (laughs) That's it for this segment of Go Ask Your Mom. Don't forget to DM us your submissions to Betches Moms on Instagram, or you can always email us at moms at betches.com.
1: We want to hear all your scenarios. Yeah. So this is that is our whole episode. Thank you so much, Susie, for coming on. Can you please share is your book is out right now. How can people yes. find it? How can they find you? How can they hire your
2: team or you or our uh, website is the Our Instagram is the Baby Coach official. And our new book is room to grow everything from 12 weeks all the way to elementary, elementary school age. And, uh, everything I like to say, everything uh, I have learned throughout the years is right there. And, um, Lovely talking to you girls. Thank you for including me. Uh it was lovely. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. We had a great time. That is it for this episode of Betcha's Moms Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review. Again, guys, it's really important when you give us a little review, a little rating on iTunes. We love it so much. Subscribe to the show on Apple and Spotify. And follow us, Betcha's Moms, on Instagram. And remember, there are no rules on this podcast. I'm not like a regular mom.